Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 20 of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. Now, in last week's episode, I gave a bit of a preview of the 2021 season and laid down some predictions for standings and breakout performances that I figure will come true without any doubt in my mind. <laughs> but also, I mentioned in the last episode the kind of kerfuffle that was going on with the 2021 MLB All-Star Game before the start of the season, for which I have some good and some bad news. The bad news is the MLB decided to move the 2021 MLB All-Star Game and all of its festivities out of Atlanta due to the political turmoil that's happening there at the moment. Now, this is a bit of a bummer for baseball fans in Atlanta, obviously, because of the honor that comes from housing an MLB All-Star Game. But it also means that the Braves fans won't be able to honor the late Hank Aaron on his home turf where he played so many great years of baseball. But the good news is, the All-Star Game and its festivities are coming to Denver. That's right, the Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game, the Celebrity Softball Game, and the MLB Draft will all be held in Coors Field or around Coors Field. Including the honoring of Hank Aaron, by the way. It will be the first time that the Rockies have hosted an All-Star Game since 1998 in the prime years of the Blake Street Bombers. It should be really exciting to see it back in Colorado on July 13th. The other point that we mentioned in the last episode that was still kind of up in the air was the use of the universal DH in the National League. And, unfortunately for some pitchers, the National League will not give in to the DH spot, and pitchers will have to hit just like everyone else. This is still a bit of a controversial and rather touchy topic when it comes to the MLB, but believe me, that's a whole nother episode. But anyway, let's get on to this week's episode. Opening day is always a very exciting time for baseball fans of really any age. It marks the start of spring and seven straight months of baseball. This year, only 26 of the 30 MLB teams got to make a start due to the Orioles and Red Sox game getting postponed due to inclement weather and the Mets Nationals game getting postponed due to a COVID outbreak that also led to the postponement of Game 2 and Game 3 of that series, and then eventually leaked into Game 1 of the National Series with the Braves. But anyway, there were 135 runs scored off of the 222 hits throughout that day, with the largest run total coming from the Rangers and Royals game that resulted in a Royals win. That game totaled 24 total runs, 14 for the Royals and 10 for the Rangers. The largest run difference was between the Astros and the Athletics, as the Astros beat the Athletics by 7, while the lowest scoring game was a 1-0 win for the Rays over the Marlins. And, as I look through the scoreboard, I can tell that there were a lot of really, really close games. Eight of the 13 games that were played on opening day finished with a single run being the decider. Every single one of these games were pretty nerve-wracking, and four of them had to be decided in extra innings, although none of the games went past the 10th inning. 
However, there weren't any complete games, no no-hitters, or really anything that made these games stand out above the rest. I mean, it was just good, clean baseball. And honestly, I think I speak for a lot of baseball fans here by saying, man, it is good to have this sport back in our lives for a full season once again. But where does this opening day rank on the best opening days of all time? Sure, there have been plenty of incredible achievements and historic moments that have defined opening day, but does this year fall anywhere on that? Honestly, I don't really think so. I mean, other than this being the first opening day since the season was shut down due to COVID last year, I mean, that's really the only claim to fame that this year's opening day has. This season honestly reminded me a lot of the 1995 opening day that basically marked the day that baseball was finally and officially fully back. You see, in 1994, the MLB was starting to struggle a little bit financially. Owners proposed that a salary cap should be placed uh, for the players, which would have absolutely destroyed small market baseball clubs unless they agreed to share local broadcasting revenues and enact that salary cap. However, the Major League Baseball Players Association really stood in the way of this happening, causing a huge player strike that would cancel the entirety of the rest of the season. So, there were no playoffs, there was no World Series, no offseason, nothing. By the time the 1995 season rolled around, talks were just being finalized to make everyone happy once again. According to Bleacher Report, this 1995 opening day really was the resumption of baseball being America's pastime. But anyway, here are some even more memorable opening days that have happened throughout the history of the MLB. Now, when I was making this list, I feel like it was more than necessary to include possibly one of the most important opening days in the history of baseball because of the pure impact that it had on the MLB going way far into the future. On April 15, 1947, 28-year-old Jackie Robinson trotted out to first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers in his major league debut. He would become the first African-American to play in the MLB's modern era and completely shattered the color barrier, changing America's pastime really for the better. Since this day, hundreds of thousands of African-American individuals have gotten their chance to make an impact on the MLB and play the game that they love so much alongside any and all races. There are two more opening days that have really solidified themselves in the MLB history books and, believe it or not, both have to do with the Great Bambino. On April 18, 1923, Babe Ruth played his first game in Yankee Stadium and quickly christened it as the house that Ruth built. He would hit the first home run of the game, a three-run shot that would land deep in the right field bleachers that would help the Yankees blow past Ruth's old team, the Red Sox. The other opening day didn't technically have anything to do with Ruth as a person, but rather his all-time home run record. It took 47 years for anyone to break Ruth's home run record, 
that sat at 714 home runs. But on April 4th, 1974, Hammer and Hank Aaron took a first inning shot to left field that tied the all-time record at 714 home runs. Now, it would take unbelievable amounts of both physical strength, obviously, and also mental strength for Aaron to beat this record, as he was constantly getting death threats and racist hate mail showing up on his doorstep. But just four days later, Hank Aaron would take an Al Downing fastball deep into the seats to get his 715th home run, breaking the all-time home run record. Which is actually kind of funny because that happened today, the day that I'm recording this, just a few years ago. And what about some other individual performances that became instant classics in the baseball world? Well, on April 16th, 1940, another future Hall of Famer stepped onto the mound confident as ever. Bob Feller is, to this day, the only pitcher, in the history of the MLB at least, who has thrown a no-hitter on opening day. Now, although the Indians only gave him a single run in support, Feller threw eight strikeouts and five walks, not allowing a single hit from the Chicago White Sox. Only one other professional league player has ever flirted with such an achievement. Leon Day threw a no-hitter just six years after Feller did, in the 1946 Negro National League opening day. Speaking of pitching, however, Tom Seaver, another name that we've talked about on a few occasions in this podcast, holds the record for the most opening day starts with 16 opening day appearances in the 20 years that he played. Walter Johnson, who made 14 career opening day starts, by the way, had nine shutouts in his opening day experience. One of those shutouts came when Walter pitched 18 scoreless innings as his Washington Senators finally, finally scored a run in the bottom half of that 18th inning. I mean, imagine having to pitch that well and that consistently for 18 straight innings for two ball games. Now, unfortunately, the MLB wasn't keeping track of pitch counts in 1918, but I think it's safe to say that Johnson probably well, no, easily had over 200 pitches that game, which is ridiculous. I mean, you really hope that he got a few days of rest after that and maybe a few bathtubs full of ice for that incredible arm of his. As for hitting performances, though, there are only four major leaguers in the history of the MLB that have clobbered three home runs on opening day. George Bell did it in 1988. Tuffy Rhodes did it again in 1994, Dimitri Young had his in 2005, and most recently Matt Davidson, who did it in 2018. Ted Williams is known for his unmatched success when it comes to opening day, as he had a career 449 batting average with three home runs and 14 RBIs in the opening day games that he played in. He at least had one hit per opening day and continued to start his usual incredible seasons off on a very, very loud note. Madison Bumgarner is the only pitcher in the history of the sport to hit two home runs in the season opener, just two years before all 30 teams hit a combined 48 home runs on opening day in 2019. Eight of those 48 home runs, by the way, came from the Los Angeles Dodgers who beat the Diamondbacks 12-5 that day. 
The Detroit Tigers hold the record for biggest comeback in opening day history, where in their debut game against the Milwaukee Brewers all the way back in 1901, came back from a 13-4 deficit in the bottom of the ninth inning. Seriously. The Tigers scored 10 runs before getting three outs, led by a really rather impressive four-for-six day at the plate by, I think, the very aptly named Pop Dylan, which, by the way, is a very cool name. <laughs> Tigers fans definitely got their money's worth in that game, much like the fans that were in attendance for the Indians and Blue Jays game in 2012 that dragged on for 16 innings. Now, this wasn't the longest game in the history of opening days as far as innings went, but it was by far the longest time-wise. Before the Blue Jays finally secured the 7-4 win, the game had already been going on for 5 hours and 14 minutes. The game had started at 3.08 that day, so all the fans that stayed had to cancel those dinner reservations as the game went deep into the night. Hey, all I'm saying is, that's a lot of free baseball. But anyway, there's honestly really been so many absolutely incredible and honestly really unbelievable things that have happened on opening day. It's oftentimes some of the most exciting baseball, until really you get to the end of the season when all of the sudden games are really starting to matter and playoff push starts happening and all of a sudden the playoffs start. I mean, it's just very exciting baseball. Every team just tries to start that season off on the right foot and they all play their hearts out because, I mean, at the end of the day, they've really got nothing to lose this early in the season. I mean, opening day is just always full of so much passion and it's always so inspiring to ball clubs as they can now see how their team is really shaping up as soon as they get onto the field. I mean, it's the day that all these sports fans, even fans of other sports, can come together once more to hear the crack of the bat and get a hot dog and Cracker Jacks to eat in the summer heat. I mean, it really is like the start to the summer. And, as of 2014, opening day is a national holiday that is recognized by the government of the United States of America. And you can thank Ozzie Smith for that one. Thank you for listening.